It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, August 24th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will consider an $8.2 million offer from the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium to purchase the former Sitka Community Hospital building and properties. If approved on first reading, the sale will go on the municipal ballot this fall for an advisory vote of the public before the Assembly considers the sale for a final vote. The Assembly issued a request for proposals earlier this year after search signaled interest in purchasing the property. The consortium bought the Sitka Community Hospital business in 2019, and the city retained ownership of the building. Search now leases the building to house long-term care. If the purchase offer is approved, search plans to retain and remodel the existing hospital building for long-term care, physical therapy, and administrative offices. Long-term care would be expanded from 15 to 19 beds. It also plans to build a multifamily residential building with 28 apartments. The Mountainside Family Clinic and Urgent Care buildings would be removed, and those services would be moved off-site. In other business, the Assembly will consider extending its temporary mask mandate for another month. The Assembly issued a mask mandate with penalties in late July, after Sitka began experiencing its worst coronavirus outbreak since the pandemic began. If the group does not vote to extend the mandate, it expires at midnight tonight. The Sitka Assembly meets tonight at 6 p.m. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. Firefighters put out an apartment fire before the blaze spread out of control early Sunday morning. Dispatchers received a 911 call shortly after 12.30 a.m. According to police spokesperson Serena Wild, the caller from Peterson Avenue reported seeing smoke and flames coming from the nearby Ken Brown apartments. Three police officers and seven firefighters and EMS personnel responded. Officers pulled one female from the apartment who received EMS attention on scene. Firefighters discovered a small fire on the cooking stove in the apartment and put the fire out with a foam extinguisher. The apartment sustained some smoke damage, but no structural damage. Sitka schools opened on Monday with a return to full, in-person learning for all students. Both the school district and the community remain on high COVID alert, however, and all students were required to wear masks. Sitka's back-to-school plan includes a scenario where face coverings are optional, but it could take some time to get there, and not everyone supports the idea. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The Sitka District is invested in the idea that in-person learning is the better option for students despite the risks. At the most recent meeting of the Sitka School Board on August 18th, Superintendent Frank Hauser stressed that the district's safety plans had worked. We had no secondary COVID transmission last year in schools. This year's plans and mitigations are not new. They build upon last year's successes. They also look ahead to a time when COVID cases drop significantly in our community. Again, we currently have over 100 cases in 14 days in the community. Our high threshold starts at 15. Two new factors are in play this year, however, the Delta variant and the vaccine. The Delta variant is driving high infection rates across the country, primarily in unvaccinated individuals, although a surprisingly high number of Sitka's 12 and older student population is vaccinated, Hauser said that the district believed that universal masking was the safest course of action. 68% of our students aged 12 through 18 are vaccinated, but schools don't have a way to monitor vaccine status for COVID-19. We can't know at a glance 
who has been vaccinated and who hasn't. So everyone will be wearing a mask. Masks are also required on all public transit, including buses by federal order. The district safety plan has some flexibility if the community's alert level drops into moderate. Although masking will still be required, spectators will be allowed back into district sporting events. But it's not likely that Sitka's infection rate will drop below one per day for the fall volleyball season. Hauser counseled patients. But I'm going to ask that you give us a little bit of time with our students only, and then we'll look at it about bringing spectators back. One consideration for us is the limited seating in the Sitka High Bleachers. In the meantime, volleyball and most of our sporting events will be broadcast online. If the community alert level drops to low, or fewer than seven cases in two weeks, the safety plan allows for optional face coverings. That's contrary to guidance from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, which earlier this month recommended universal masking in schools for now. The problem is twofold. As Hauser said, you can't know who's vaccinated and who's not among the eligible population in schools. And until a vaccine has been authorized for children under 12, face coverings remain the best way to protect that age group and keep them in school. Lucretia Johnson, education director for the Sitka Tribe of Alaska, urged the school board to align with tribal policies and go with the latest advice from the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics. And I would like to speak on behalf of myself and the tribe in support of aligning those mitigation efforts with CDC and AAP, which would require masks at all levels despite vaccination status. Hauser said that the district's startup mitigation plan had been vetted by the healthcare community, including search chief medical officer Dr. Elliot Brule, search medical director Dr. David Vastola, and public health nurse Denise Ewing. He added that the district had applied for and received a grant from the State Department of Health and Social Services to hire a COVID-19 screening coordinator who would be able to administer optional rapid tests in school buildings through the spring of 2022. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. You can find links to the Sitka School District's mitigation plan and alert level protocols on our website, kcaw.org. Humpback whales were hit hard by the blob, a warm water event that killed off all kinds of sea life in the North Pacific in recent years. But as Claire Strempel reports for KTOO, researchers at Glacier Bay National Park and Preserve say the humpback population is rebounding. The reflection of Mount Wright ripples on the glassy water of Glacier Bay National Park and Preserve until a humpback breaks the surface for a huge mouthful of fish. Chris Gabriel is a biologist with the Park Service. She's been observing whales here for over 30 years. But the sight of one of the mammals up so close still wows her. She snaps a few photos and checks them. So that's identifiable enough uh, for us to tell what individual that is. Oh, sorry. Gotta go. Whales are recognizable by their unique dorsal fins and flukes of the tail. The photos and a log of the whale's coordinates are the two newest entries in a data set that stretches back to 1973. It may be the longest-running humpback study in the world. Some of the whales have returned here for more than 40 years. Some are older than Gabriel. And it's long-term observational data like this that makes it possible to correlate changes in the ocean with their effects on the species that live there. 
researchers could track the severity of a recent marine heat wave because the population sank by more than 70 percent, then stayed low. But lately, there's a glimmer of hope in the data. The humpback population is growing. It's been really encouraging last year and this year to start to see the number of calves we've been seeing. Um, after the marine heat wave, which you know really depressed their reproduction and their population, it really uh, does point to the resilience of these animals. And, um, and so um, it really gives me hope that you know, when, when, when the conditions are good, they're really very resilient. Remember the blob? From 2014 to 2016, consistent, record-high ocean temperatures in the northern Pacific decimated the humpback population that visits the preserve. The year before the blob, Gabriel counted an all-time high of more than 160 whales. The next year, only a quarter of them came back. And that two-year heat wave had a three-year hangover. The humpback population stayed low until last year. This study reveals how deeply the marine ecosystem was affected. So the whales were kind of a sentinel that showed us what happened. Otherwise, we would not really have known. And um, I think it's important to keep doing this work because um, we can come back in five years, 10 years, 20 years and look at what the whales are telling us. The numbers aren't quite up to where they used to be, but Gabriel expects the population to stay healthy as long as ocean conditions stay stable. But that's not a guarantee. It wouldn't be surprising if there's another blob event in the next 10 or 20 years. John Walsh is the chief scientist at the International Arctic Research Center at the University of Alaska Fairbanks. He's anticipating another oceanic heat wave because his lab has attributed events like the blob to human-caused climate change. He studies the blob through the lens of Arctic sea ice. And he found that, like whales, ice recovered somewhat a few years after the warming. Well, we'll have these, these modest recoveries after the big events, and then there'll be another big extreme somewhere down the road. In other words, each time the ecosystem takes a hit, it bounces back. But each time, it bounces back a little less. He says we can count on that for the next few decades. The, the system has inertia in it. It's, it's like a freight train. <laughs> you can put on the brakes, but it's not going to stop on a dime. It might stop in half a mile. Um, so I, I think we, we have to, um, we, we basically have to be ready for more of the, the consequences of what we've already done. Back in the park, a mama whale and her baby come up to breathe together. Their backs are slick, dark arches on the water. The pair is a sign of the ecosystem righting itself, for now. Gabriel puts the boat in gear as she jots down the time of their breath. She knows she has only a few minutes until the whales surface again. Reporting in Glacier Bay, I'm Claire Strimple for KTOO. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. <laughs> 